Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Setting the Standard, the podcast from CDE's Office of Standards and Instructional Support. I'm Raymond Johnson. I'm here as usual. We are without Alyssa Wooten today, but we have two other great hosts with us from the SIS team. First of all, I'll introduce Maya Garcia. She's our state science specialist. How are you doing, Maya? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Excited to be here. And we're also joined by Jamie Hurley, who's been on the podcast before because he is our specialist, uh, mainly for comprehensive health, but also some physical education. Yeah, thanks, Raymond. Happy to be here. Excited. Now, the reason I brought these people here today is because Alyssa and I had this idea that it's interesting when we bring content specialists together to talk about where their standards overlap. And with almost any pairing you can make between any of Colorado's academic standards, there's some amount of overlap where the conversations get really interesting and rich. And so we decided we would start by looking at intersections of science and comprehensive health. Now, before I hit the record button to start this episode, Jamie and Maya already started a conversation about some of these intersections in science and health, and it was getting interesting. So I'm eager to let you two get back in it. Why don't you go ahead and begin? Yeah. Um, so thanks, Raymond, for introducing and, and um, hosting this session uh, with us. This is a really interesting discussion. I think um, when we think about health and wellness and we think about science, immediately people think about the human body and kind of the relationship between the human body and um, some of those health standards or your overall well-being. And that's definitely an intersection that I think Jamie and I want to lean into and talk about. But um, I also want to highlight the fact that we also have, with the Colorado Academic Standards for Science, we also have these practices that um, are what scientists use and leverage on a day-to-day basis that can also apply across content areas that we want to elevate. And then we also have cross-cutting concepts like cause and effect and patterns and all of these things that I think can be leveraged no matter what course you're in to think more broadly about how we how we are in the world, how we live in the world as as in, as humans or in community with others. And so I think those are both interesting aspects of the new Colorado science standards is that they're three-dimensional and they really uh, do lend themselves to kind of leaning in and across with other disciplines in, in that way. And so I'm, I'm excited to, to hear what Jamie has to say, but that's how I'll, I'll start off with. Yeah, and, and, and just uh, let me give you a little kind of from the health side of it, comprehensive health education, you know, we're, we're similar in that, you know, we have the, the, the content knowledge of health education, but we also have health skills, which are something that we really want to be focusing on. And those are things like communication skills and decision-making skills, um, advocacy, self-management, analyzing influences, accessing information, and those particular skills related to health education are really what we want to be teaching regardless of what the topic is and how that. So when we're talking about drug prevention, we're still really focusing on, well, what do I do when I'm pressured to use a, a drug or something that I don't want to do? How do I have the skills of refusal to refuse that or negotiate or advocate? And so those are the type of skills that we want to really have cross-cutting across all of the comprehensive health education standards, just like the three-dimensional science we're looking at that cut across all of science, we're really looking at how do those skills cut across and teaching those in multiple, with multiple content. And the other thing that I think 
is important is that we're really looking at changing behavior in health education. And really, in order to change behavior, we know that just teaching and knowledge alone probably isn't going to get us there. And so we really need to be focusing on teaching those specific skills and practicing them within health education if we really want to get those skills to be transferred um, into the real world. So we talk about a little bit of knowledge, but really focusing on the skills. And in science, I think the biggest shift we see from previous standards to these standards is that we're looking at a more student-centered approach in the science classroom. So we're trying to do the same thing that Jamie's saying, right? We're trying to kind of start with a phenomena that's very student-centered, that's relevant, something that they would see in the world and wonder about, and then move instruction in science education through that, where students are leveraging the practices of science with the cross-cutting concepts, with the core ideas of science to kind of make sense of what they're seeing around them. And in, in um, kind of in thinking about how you come to something like a refusal or you decision-making in your life, we, we want to say um, that science supports evidence-based decision-making, right? And so the skills that we leverage in science, like looking at charts and tables or just kind of talking with other people and and saying, hey, we, we have this experience, right, together and we want to sense make around that, that's evidence, right? And so thinking about leveraging evidence in decision-making or in kind of argumentation, um, which is something we would see in ELA as well. I think when you think about a job like being a doctor or a vet, which is like an intersection of health and science in some on some levels, um, they're they're merging both of those things on a daily basis to make an analysis or a judgment about patient care. Our nurses are doing the same thing. And so there's not really a place in the real world where our disciplines exist on their own in isolation. Um, and so it's kind of nice to kind of have this opportunity to think with Jamie about this because um, I think when we start to think together about these things, we we create a a more real world or authentic context for our students to learn in. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And and um, you know, health is real world, and you know, it happens every day. You know, we're making decisions, hundreds of decisions every day that can relate to our health. And as you said, in the real world of a profession, you're doing the same thing. And I think one of the best ways to take the science, like for example, the one the example that I always use is, is there's a, you might be teaching a unit on weather, right? And in weather, you're gonna be gathering information. You're gonna be gathering data about temperature, about the wind, about precipitation, you know, humidity, you know, you're gonna be gathering all of that information. And sometimes that's where it ends. And to make it practical for someone and to make it a health piece, you would say, okay, for my health, I need to go out to recess today. And what clothes do I need to take to school? Or do I want to wear a jacket out to recess or not? So then you get students taking the data from science, using a decision-making model and making a healthy decision around, should I wear a jacket out to recess or not? So I think you know that's, that's the other health skill, decision-making. And I think it's around advocacy too. And we talked a little bit about this before we got on the podcast, but, you know, you talked about in the environment and really um, when you're exploring changes to the environment, what could that potentially mean around advocacy or around decision making and um, how can that apply? And what you raise is a good point. It's like we do science every day, too. 
and and like not just doctors or nurses like it's it's me cooking right like making sourdough bread during a pandemic right like we apply a lot of this thinking in real time and we don't even know we use evidence to do decision making right and so it's it's thinking about all of those things but uh in relation to each other, it in and the more we can do that, the I think the more impactful um, learning can be for students. Right? We often say that the science standards are not meant to push everybody into into science fields. Although that would be my dream, right? <laughs> As I age, that all the students in Colorado opt into science so, and save me uh, from my from a hip replacement or whatever I need. Um, but the thing is, uh, is that we we just want people to be aware of their surroundings and to be able to make the best decisions possible. And so we say scientific literacy, right? And that uh, for me coming from Texas is like, what kind of crops am I planting? You know, and how do I change or rotate those crops based on what the soil composition looks like? Those are those are real time decisions that we're making. We don't necessarily call people scientists for making them or what kind of clothes do I put on? What do I need to wear when I go outside or go for a hike or whatever? Um, super important um, to what type of food do I put in my body? Because I know what it does for my cells and I know what kind of energy it gives me. And so in, in, in ways we're always kind of thinking interdis, in an interdisciplinary capacity. I was thinking about like in what areas of science will we not talk about health? And that's a hard sell because with the, with the standards being the way they are and we want to make sure that we're always centering our lessons and instruction and phenomena that's relevant for kids, often our go-to is things that you kind of connect with on the day-to-day basis in your real life and in your community. So I don't know that we can separate the two. Yeah, and I think that the the one area that, that I have seen that we've really worked with health teachers on and that I would encourage science teachers to think about is that students really need to be practicing those health skills of communication. So if we want students to to eat healthier, for example, they may be doing the science around around that, but it's also about how do they communicate effectively with someone else to make a healthy choice and advocate for a healthy choice for themselves? And and really, if we're not having students practice those advocacy or communication skills, we're probably not going to get to the behavior side of it. So I think that that's really important for health teachers and for science teachers to think is that if we're really looking to get to the behavior change, which is what we want, what are the skills that students need to be practicing to get there? And I think that's a little bit harder for teachers to think about. Again, it's moving from just the knowledge side of it to what do I do with it and how do I use it and how do I practice, you know, actually using the words of advocacy and practicing it. So that's a really important piece to consider too. That's a great point, Jamie. And I think that science moves towards advocacy on some level. Uh, I think where we see that most start to take take root is really in fifth grade and beyond in in our standards at least in 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 terms of kind of thinking about like how can i like think about the causal relationship about different things in the world so like there's a cause and effect reaction to almost anything (laughs) and thinking about how that plays out in real time and then communicating with evidence right to the field and when i was teaching eighth grade like we had the opportunity my students had the opportunity to talk to city council and share their learning with them around um, this trash collector in the river, right? And what it was doing in the world and then share what, how they thought they could improve that. And that's those are really meaningful opportunities, but they model for kids like what we want them to do outside of outside of school on a day-to-day basis. So that's, 
that's really important um, just to build healthier and just wellness overall in, in our lives and in our communities is important. Yeah. Jamie, I, I hear you talking a lot about advocacy and how it connects to both science and health, but are there some areas of health content that don't intersect with science so well? When we talk about health education comprehensively, um, we're also talking about violence prevention and social emotional learning, um, you know, relationships, which, you know, those are some of the other comprehensive health education standards that may not fit as nicely into science, but they are certainly part of what we would want in a comprehensive um, health education class. And if a school is trying a comprehensive approach to social emotional learning, there's an opportunity there to tie the content areas back together, don't you think? I mean, I think that I think that even with those examples that I gave, when you look at the social emotional side of it, there, there's certainly a connection to science, um, you know, around the brain and around um, kind of um, the body's response to to those things, but it's not a normal connection that teachers would just automatically make. And I don't, I don't want to speak for science, but I think that that is, um, it's not commonly taught in science would be my, my take on it. I agree with that. I think it's teacher dependent, like, right. And, and having the time and space to sit down and co-plan with someone or think broadly about how the relationships work out is not something that is common practice in, in most schools, I would say, right? And and that's certainly changing and people can feel free to push back, but having the opportunity to sit down and think uh, about those relationships uh, between content areas, especially those that aren't super explicit, like uh, Raymond, math and science often get paired together, right? Uh, because they say math is the language of science. And it's a little more intuitive, but we don't do goal setting necessarily with the health community and the science community in a school environment and then sit down and co-plan units always. And, and, and I think that's interesting, right? Yeah. And, and I know this was a challenge for us when we were designing some of the standards implementation materials, because when we were doing gap analysis, you know, of course we wanted everyone to start with their content area and their grade level but we were hoping that they could get, engage in all the relevant conversations with other content areas and with adjacent grade levels, because for schools that are trying to cover all the standards, mm -hmm. there are these opportunities for content areas to cover something in sort of a, a cooperative and comprehensive way that we sometimes overlook when we're just focused on our own content. And there are certainly areas where we have disciplinary literacies, right? Like where there's definitely like things that are super specific to science and super specific. And those, I would be hard pressed to think specifically about like a discrete science, like specific thing, because I think we're always leveraging ELA and math skills within the context of those things. But, but I do, I do think there are practices that we do modeling very differently than how you might see it in math class, right? And modeling, to some extent, right? There's mathematical modeling, certainly. And then there's other models that we might represent, um, we might leverage to represent thinking in science. And so there's certainly um, different literacies across content areas that need, that uh, I think people appreciate digging into and learning about those differences and how to tease them apart and what those look like in the classroom. But um, broadly, I think we're stronger when we can develop relationships together 
so that way we can connect the dots for people because learning science tells us that the more the more um, if we want to develop complex networks we need to kind of create opportunities to build those connections in the brain more explicitly for students so that those connections become more uh, fire a little more rapidly than normally unlike my brain right now but yes <laughs> Well, I've enjoyed listening to both of you talk about intersections between health and science, and this was a fairly easy pairing for us to go first with, because between life science and, like Maya said in the very beginning, you know, you start thinking about the human body and causes and effects of what's done to it. It's really easy to think about how health intersects with that, but there are health skills, which maybe aren't explicitly thought of if you were only to look at the science standards. And that's why we want to have these conversations. So uh, before we depart, just to give you a, a last word on things, I'll start with you, Jamie. Jamie, if we asked you to lead PD with a bunch of science teachers, what would be the number one takeaway that you would want them to leave with? Uh, I think the number one takeaway would be, you know, thinking about changing behavior and practicing skills, I think would be my takeaway. That as you're teaching health, or as you're teaching science, think about if we really want to make folks healthier, what type of behaviors would we want to get to? And then, you know, through science inquiry, how could we then build skills to, to make some level of change? And Maya, same question to you. If we put you in charge of health PD, from your science perspective, what would you want the health teachers to come away with? What I would say is that um, what I'd like to do is deepen their understanding of how deep the connections are between science and health and the activities we, we do in, in health classes or in PE classes and the relationship between the two. So I would wanna tease out some of that content knowledge and, and help educators really unpack that and develop their confidence in there in speaking to it if, if they don't already have it. And that's a huge assumption on my part. So maybe the second thing I would do is disrupt the assumption that maybe science teachers have about their health counterparts and how much science knowledge they have. And so I think bringing people together around the content and thinking about having them think together about the synergies is really powerful because it disrupts assumptions people have about other content areas as well and the knowledge base there. That sounds good. So thank you both for, for those answers and for the time that you've spent here today. Uh, like I said, this is a, a new approach, uh, a new bit of content for us to put into the podcast, these cross-content connections. And uh, Alyssa and I were planning to do these about once a month. So this will be our March one. And we've already got some other people on the team paired up to have similar conversations in the months ahead. Uh, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we do try to put these episodes out weekly, typically on Monday afternoons. And we cover a variety of topics from teaching tips to policy to standards. Sometimes you meet other people who work at CDE. And uh, occasionally we get to talk to people who work in districts or out in the field and we get some glimpses into the classroom. So we appreciate you being here. We hope you subscribe and we will talk to you next time on Setting the Standard. Bye.